Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Over the Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado, and you are listening to the Pacific Northwest Cycling and Triathlon Report, and today's guest, very special guest for us, Chris Bagg. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, George. It's always fun to be here. Well, Chris, I've been uh, trying to get you on the show since, I think, May, and your schedule has been crazy, so fill us in a little bit on what you've done this summer, and then we'll get into the details. So since I saw you at the end of April, um, been down to uh, Wildflower, long course triathlon, back up to Portland, and then out to Bend to run a 10-day training camp, Uh, back to Portland for sort of wrapping up a big six-week block of training, and then Amy and I jumped on a plane to go to Germany. And then we have been in Europe. Um, we each did uh, we each did an Iron Distance race while we were over there. Amy did Ironman France, and I did Challenge Rote. Uh, you don't pronounce it Roth, apparently. Um, and then we wrapped it all up last weekend doing Le Tap de Tour, which is uh, basically fifteen thousand person Grand Fondo where you ride the queen stage of that year's Tour de France. And then uh, we bundled everything back up and came back to Oregon. Um, so it, I can't believe that it's already the beginning of August. It's been, uh, it's been a, a whirlwind three months. Now, I want to get into all of these events. I'm going to be kind of bouncing around. First one sure. I want to address is La, Tap, La Tour because... I thought that was like a three-day ride last year with a benefit for World Bicycle Fund or... Could, maybe. I think that there... So one thing we discovered is that these like cyclosportif events is what they call them in Europe. You know, we, we call them Grand Fondos here. They call them cyclosportifs. There are a million of them. Like, ah, okay. It's, they are all... Like, just in the area where La Tap was, which was down in the French Alps... There were probably, over the next three or four weeks, you could sign up for one of these cyclosportifs each weekend. I think the weekend after we were there, they were doing the cyclosportif Col de la Madeleine. So you'd, you'd do this huge ride and finish by climbing up you know, one of the historic climbs for the tour. Um, so it's very possible that that was what they did for La Tap last year, but it also might have been a, a very similar event. Gotcha. Let's go back to May and talk Wildflower, because that was actually the one I wanted to get you on the air for back (laughs) then. (laughs) Wildflower was okay. Um, You know, I I hate saying this about myself, but I I seem not to race very well until until July. I mean, every every season, I kind of, uh, I kind of sort of take a while to get warmed up. Uh, I had one great race of Wildflower a few years ago, 
but other than that, it always it always is kind of a struggle for me. Um, I miss the swim pack, which is always a big no-no. Um, rode fairly well, but it faded towards the end. And then just had sort of a, a passable run um, to finish 12th place. So, you know, outside of, the, outside of the top 10, which isn't great. But, I mean, the great thing about doing Wildflower is, first of all, all my friends were there, which is awesome. And um, it's, it's really, I mean, they, they say the one and only, and it's true. There's, there's very few races that are like that. Um, it was helped by the fact that Amy won the, uh, she won the overall amateur crown. So she, won, she beat all the amateurs. Uh, she beat several of the pros, too. Um, so she had just an absolute killer of a race, and it was really, really sweet to see that. Um, I mean, she's been working really, really hard. And this is Amy Van Tassel, your spouse. This is and my wife, Amy Van Tassel. Yes. Especially exciting because she came off such a good performance at the Ultraman Championships last year with her run. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she's she's a class runner. I mean, that's the thing. She she can kind of in triathlon, like she can have pretty standard swims and bikes and then she's just a better runner than everybody else i think because she's just got she's got a real incredible history of running and a long like a long history of just aerobic development um and so she's able to run strong off of hard bikes and yeah i mean she just she had a an excellent run at wildflower and you know, put the field away by three or four minutes. I mean, she really, she really had a great performance. Now, how does um, that work for the two of you? Um, I know last year it was a big focus on Ultraman for Amy. Um, do you kind of go back and forth between who's really going to be participating in more events one year or, or the other? Um, you're also a professional, so I'm sure you have to hit a certain number of events every year. We do. I think we do pretty well with it. I, we've we've kind of gravitated towards if, if one of us is doing an iron distance race, then the other person is pretty much on support. Um, just cause there's so much that has to logistically happen around an Ironman. And, and then you, and usually the person who's doing it has, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like worries and fears and anxieties that come up as you're approaching it. So it's really nice to have one person who's not in that boat who can be like, "All right, like, what do you need? Like, let's just let's just do that." Um, for halves, it's a little easier because they, you know, it's a smaller, it's a it's a it's a, a sort of lower key event. Um, so we've we've done fine when the the two of us have been racing together on the same weekend. Um, but in general, you know, we try to, we try to, to alternate who's racing just so, just so there's a good support structure in place for whoever is racing. Now you're listening to the Pacific Northwest Cycling and Triathlon Report. Today's guest, Chris Bagg. This is on Over the Top Cycling. Be sure to check us out on our Facebook page, Over the Top Cycling, on Instagram, Over the Top Cycling, on Twitter, we're Over the Top Bike, and our website, OverTheTopRadio.net. You can also download us from iTunes or the Acast app. Now, Chris, you're also a coach. Do you are you still taking clients? I know you have a very loyal group of 
people that you're working with, and uh, I know they make up a large part of the people who participate in your camps, but I've heard fantastic things about your camps. So, double-edged question here. One, can someone attend who is not one of your coach E's? And again, are you taking new clients? Uh, anyone can come to our camps, for sure. Uh, it doesn't have to be one of our athletes. Um, and and that's, that's, it's great. I mean, we always get a good mix of my athletes and you know, people who aren't my athletes, which is awesome because it really, it really helps keep things exciting and people make new friends. And my, a, lot of, a lot of what I try to do as a coach is I, I, really, I really like building community. Um, that's really important to me. And so that, that always, that always helps. So yes, anybody can come to our camps. We're having a cyclocross camp the second weekend in August. There's a few spots left. People want to sign up for that. I can tell you how to do that. Um, in terms of my own coaching clients, I, I am full, but I have a, I have an assistant finally, uh, you know, that huge step you take in your business when you go from. You go from one employee, which is you, to a second employee, which is you know not you, um, <laughs> and that's uh, that, it's a it's a pretty terrifying step because you feel like you know you've kind of got it figured out what it is that you do, um, and then teaching somebody that, and then having faith in them that of course it's not going to be exactly what you do. Um, it's going to be some of what you do plus some of who they are, and um, and just letting that letting that be what it is. Um, but yeah, I have uh, I have an assistant who's uh, he's on the he's on the athletes lounge cycling team. His name is Steve Morris. He also helps run this uh, triathlon squad here in town called Tri Team PDX, and um, yeah, he's an awesome athlete and a great triathlete great road cyclist he comes from a swimming background which i think is really helpful as a coach because so many triathletes are new to swimming and uh, having somebody who can really explain what a swim stroke is and how it works and the different components to it um is is really important and swimming is the most technical sport out of the three so it's it's super important that you're able to communicate to someone how to change their swim stroke um, I mean, I always tell people swimming's a lot more like golf than like cycling or running. Interesting. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about your coaching some more before we get into your, the races that you participated in this summer in Europe, uh, because you've taken basically what was a triathlon team and still is Athletes Lounge. And I've always had so much fun ribbing you about wearing white shorts at a cyclocross <laughs> race. <laughs> but you've turned this into one of the top cycling teams uh, in Oregon bike racing. And yeah, it's, it's with it's cyclocross and road. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been, you know, nothing really, certainly not too much from what I've done. Um, I, I think... You know, I mean, I I love cyclocross. I think it's an excellent thing for triathletes to do in the fall because, especially in the Northwest, like triathlons really tend to go away um, by September. Um, you know, the like the last the last big one around here is the Portland Tri, 
uh, towards the end of the end of September and and then that's kind of it um, you know if you live in Southern California or Arizona you know you're, you're you're able to keep racing until November December but um, it's really hard to do that up here and cyclocross cyclocross requires a pretty a pretty similar kind of engine to uh, I mean triathletes tend to have good threshold power uh, that's what they spend a lot of time training and if they can learn how to kind of apply that threshold power to the same sort of totally on totally off uh, demands of a cyclocross race then they, they do really well at it and, and so not I to started... not to make people mad at me but the knock-on triathletes and the unfortunately the stereotype is you're great going in a straight line but oh my gosh you don't want to be riding in a group with a triathlete i mean cyclocross requires some real handling skills you guys have done a fantastic job and i think you know and and i think you're there's definitely some you know there's always truth to stereotypes and um yeah and i think Another, I mean, one of the great things about this is we're taking we're taking triathletes who might not be great bike handlers, and then turning them into people that really can handle their bikes, um, and they'll see that they'll see that improvement the following year in their tries. They'll be more confident going downhill. They'll be more confident cornering, and if you can, I mean, it, over the course of an iron distance race, if you're saving. If you're saving two, three seconds per per corner, like that's huge. That ends up being minutes over the course of 180k. So, yeah, it's. Um, I, I mean, I think it's. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Um, you know, if if nothing, I really hope that one of the effects of this is that at least in Oregon, maybe there will be fewer of those like triathletes on a road bike joke out there um like i would uh, i would really like to cut down on that stereotype well let's get into your summer's racing and uh i mean it's it's pretty phenomenal what you all did going over to europe first of all just the logistics of this trip sound incredible to me because you went over there you raced you stayed there for quite a while just the packing in itself had, had to be huge. <laughs> the good thing, the good thing about that is, um, I mean, if you, you know, you're like, okay, well, we have to take our bikes, and we can't take too much, so we're pretty much just taking our bikes. <laughs> and um, I, I've, I, I'm going to give one of my sponsors a plug here, but. Um, but Rooster Sports makes these great bike bags that you do you do have to take the fork off of the bike, so it does require some kind of technical mechanical know-how. But the bags are under the size restrictions for the airlines, oh. and so we didn't pay any bike fees or any train fees anywhere the whole time. So that that was huge. So getting getting those bags from Rooster Sports was awesome. Um, and then we just you know Amy did a lot of the planning. Um, she started looking for places last fall, and so basically the trip went like this: we flew we flew to uh, some friends in Germany um, on June seventeenth, 
so we had um, a couple of friends who he's in the service um, and he's stationed uh, outside of Stuttgart so we kind of used them as a home base so they picked us up we were with them for five days and then we bought a we each bought a year rail pass so we bought a year rail pass that allowed us six days of travel um, and you just pick whichever days you want to travel on. We took a train from Stuttgart uh, down to Nice, France, and we were there for a week. That's where Amy did her race. We packed everything up. Uh, we took a train from Nice to Chamonix, which is a little mountaineering town up against the French Alps. It's right underneath Mont Blanc. Uh, we were there for a week. Uh, so Amy could recover and I could do my final sort of build week before Rote. We took a train from there back to Stuttgart, um, got to traverse Switzerland at that point and have the the most overpriced salad I've ever eaten. <laughs> um, and then from Stuttgart, we went over to Rote, did that race. Traveled back to Stuttgart, and then the last thing we did was we took a train up to Amsterdam to meet another pair of friends who have moved over to Europe. And from Amsterdam is where we did uh, La Tap. So for that, we actually had to jump on a bus and ride a 17-hour bus back down to the French Alps. Um, you know, so that was that. That was probably the longest. That that was like the longest and most enervating moment of the trip, I gotta say. But um, yeah, I mean, logistically, it was it was a lot, but we just sort of did something every month. Last fall, Amy found, she found an Airbnb place to stay in Nice. Uh, we found a VRBO place in Chamonix. Uh, we took care of the year rail passes pretty early. And, I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't spend a ton of money. Um, I mean, it was, we did, we did pretty, we did pretty well. I'd say for spending for spending five weeks in Europe, I think we did it on a, a pretty good budget. That is awesome. And now, could you uh, tell us about Amy's race and followed up with a report from yours? Yeah, sure. So Amy did Ironman France, which has been, you know, it's so. I think it was the the jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST like 11th edition this year but there's been an important triathlon in nice forever um i think that there you know there was kind of a moment in the 90s where the triathlon world was trying to figure out 
if it if like the sort of heart of the sport was going to be in Kona or if it was going to be in Nice. Oh, I totally um, remember that. I mean, that yeah. was there was a big fight. Basically, oh, it was like it you was, came to Nice and could win prize money and the world championship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a big. It was a big. I mean, Mark Allen won it ten years in a row, which is which is crazy. I mean, especially because there were really good guys racing those days, and it was a different distance. It was a four k swim, uh, so pretty similar to Ironman. 120k on the bike, so about 17 miles, and then a 30k run, so like 18 and a half miles. Um, and so yeah, we were there for uh, a whole week ahead of the race. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's an incredible, it's an incredible race. The swim is a, an ocean swim. You're swimming in the Mediterranean. Um, it's a pretty, I'd, I'd say for anybody who's thinking about doing it, it's, uh, it's an aggressive swim start. I mean, they put all 2,800 people in the water in under a minute. It was, it was, it was impressive. Oh, like, my gosh. and <laughs> from Amy's report, she said, she was like, you know, usually in an Ironman, the first five to eight minutes, you know, you're you're in that that washing machine and getting kind of knocked around and kind of dealing with it. Uh, she said the whole swim was like that. You know, all sixty-seven minutes for her was 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 you know really dealing with a ton of traffic. Um, you know, that can be stressful, but it also means you get kind of swept along with everybody else that's that's moving. So it can. It can benefit your time a little bit. Um, it's a wetsuit swim. It's a saltwater swim. So it, it does. It is. It is a nice place to get a good swim performance if people are, are looking for that. Um, the bike course is amazing. I, I rode the bike course a couple days before Amy's race. It's. Um, I mean, it's basically like a Tour de France stage. Uh, there's two thousand meters of climbing, so you're you're well up around seven thousand feet of climbing. Um, and you get three quarters of that climbing out of the way in the first 40 miles. Uh, I mean, you really leave transition, it's flat for 12 miles, and then you climb for the next 28 miles. Now that sounds really smart to me because the way you've described that swim, I can't imagine coming out of that and getting it onto the bike because I would think you would be almost as crowded there as you were in the water. It was pretty packed. I was, I was standing by uh, swim out uh, or bike out. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just a Peloton headed out there. And I think people, you know, they do their best, but then the climb really spreads it out. Um, and then, then you're 40 miles in, there's still 72 miles to go, and uh, I think it does tend to stay spread out after that. You've got another little climb, um, another, like, six, seven, eight-kilometer climb um, a little further through the through the ride and then you're basically descending all the way back to the to the start um so it, and it's beautiful i mean it is it is it, it's the most beautiful bike course i've ever seen it's pretty amazing um the run the run sort of uh you know the run is mentally challenging you got to do four down and backs um you're just running along the the sort of promenade right along the the beach there and you just, you know, you run three and a quarter miles down to the airport, turn around, run three and a quarter miles back, and you, and you do that three more times. Um, Ouch. 
Yeah, so so mentally mentally tough. Um, Amy likes looped courses. Uh, I don't. I, I would really struggle with that. Um, the problem is, is that the, the traffic is just bonkers. I mean, there's just it's you're dealing with traffic the whole time. Um, it got really hot. Uh, she you know she came off of the bike in her age group and right with another woman. They were they were second and third. Uh, she dropped that woman pretty quickly and set off in search of the woman in first place and caught her around the 18-mile mark. Um, yeah, she definitely, she definitely went out a little too strong. I was, I was on the sidelines on my bike saying, you know, you're about seven minutes down. You're running faster than her. You don't need to do it all at once because I think Amy took, you know, two minutes out of her in the first, in the first five miles. Wow. Um, but then, then, you know, Amy started to struggle and, and really had to, really had to, to, to squeeze to, to get it back. You know, once, once she made the pass, uh, she ended up winning her age group by seven or eight minutes. So, you know, the, the, uh, the other woman hung on for as long as she could, but definitely folded after, after Amy passed her. So yeah, she, she ended up, she won, uh, she won her age group. She was second amateur because there's this other amazing woman who was actually third overall, um, but she wasn't racing professionally. So, but she she beat everybody except for you know the people in first and the, the pros who were in first and second. So that woman took overall amateur, and then Amy was was eighth overall. So if you look at times, she was she was definitely in definitely in the mix there for the you know for the top ten. Um, yeah, so she just had, she just had another, another amazing race. I mean, she's having a really, a really, really good season. Uh, she qualified for Kona, so she'll be back to, she'll be, uh, back to Kona, uh, second weekend in October. Nice. Well, we'll be talking with her before and after that, I hope. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Now let's talk about, uh, your performance at Rote. I've seen a couple of pictures. You looked totally ripped. (laughs) <laughs> I got. I, I finally managed to, to to skinny up a little bit this season, um, which has always been a struggle for me. Uh, it's always it's always tough. I don't. I tend. I don't gain weight easily. I don't lose weight very easily. Um, but I, I did manage to get lighter uh, this year, which was good. Um, Rote is really amazing. It it. It really, it really made me feel like early years of triathlon again for me. Like it was incredibly exciting. They, they really make it exciting. They, <laughs> and there's just a feel and an energy around it, unlike, unlike any Ironman race I've, I've done here in the states. Um, it, it, it was really, it's really you get it. You're like, oh wow, this is really special. They put on events every night leading up to the race um we didn't go to a bunch of those because i was obviously just resting but you know even the pasta dinner two nights before is is an incredible event there's four thousand people in a gigantic tent eating pasta together um um yeah my my you know honestly my big goal was uh was to be in inside the top 10 so did not didn't manage that but um you know, outcome goals are, are always tough. Um, it, I, I, the swim was, the swim was awesome. Um, you swim in this canal 
Uh, it's sort of an industrial canal where a lot of barges usually go, but super clean, um, nice flat water. Uh, you kind of swim, you kind of swim away from the start for kilometer and a half, swim back, swim past the start line a little bit, make another hairpin, and then you're out. Um, I swam somewhere around uh, like low 51 minutes, which is really, which is really good for me. That's, that was exactly what I was hoping to do. Um, and was, you know, went through some, some kind of mental tough spots, um, cause I thought I was getting dropped. Um, and turns out all, all that was happening was I was really just getting dropped from, from the lead group, which is fine. I, my whole goal was to be in the second group anyway. Um, now, I am glad you said the water was clean, because when you started off saying an industrial canal, <laughs> I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's really, it was really nice. Like, the, it was it was definitely a little warm. Um, it was still wetsuit legal, um, which is odd, because I think we were technically over the temperature for, for the, the cutoff for the pros. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, in either either way, I mean, I t I've had good races without wetsuits. I've had good races with wetsuits, so you know, it, it wasn't didn't really bother me either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I've actually taken the step of seeing a sports psychologist this spring because I've been, you know, that's always been a weak part for me, the mental side of things, and especially during the swim. Um, and I relied on a lot of that stuff that I learned this spring because I thought I was getting, a dr getting dropped, but I was like, you know what, don't, don't give up. Like you're in this little group of two other guys, whatever you do, don't get dropped from them, you know, and, and really fight to stay here. And, and sure enough, I popped out of the water and was like, oh, wow, that's great. That's, that's better than I'd, I'd hoped for. And, you know, ran through transition. And I mean, you always want to see a lot of bikes in transition and, there were still a lot of bikes there. And I was like, well, that's good. That means I'm, I'm, I'm towards the front. Um, Amy told me I got out of the water like 16th or so. I think there was, which is, I think we had, there were 45, 46 pros entered. So, you know, that was kind of, uh, that, that was totally uh, goal accomplished. Yeah. I would say that's toward the front 16th yeah, out of 4,000. Four, four minutes, <laughs> four minutes back from, Four minutes back from the leaders, um, and some of the, some of the guys that were leading the swim are, are guys who are really, really, really fast swimmers. So four minutes for to be back from them is is a good thing. Um, the bike is the bike is the bike's another amazing part of road. It's it's two laps. Um, you're riding through the sort of northern Bavarian um, countryside. Uh, some people will tell you that it's you know it's flat. Um, but it's not flat. There's like, there's 4,500 feet of climbing. Um, it's still, it's still a significant bike course. Um, I probably went out a little too hard in the first quarter of the ride and that definitely came back to bite me later on. Um, my coach and I had aimed for like averaging 275 watts on the bike for the whole, for the whole 180 K. And I averaged 283 for that first quarter, so I was definitely riding um, harder than planned, which is you know something that I've got to rein in for for the next ones. Um, there's one section of the road course; it's called the Solarberg. I mean, it's a silly one-kilometer climb. It's really it's really not a climb. I mean, it's just a little it's a little ramp. 
but they put they pack spectators in there probably 10 or 15 deep on each side and it's it's exactly like those those pictures of the Tour de France where guys are are going up a mountain with thousands of people it's just a tunnel you're you're really you know you're like oh I hope these people get out of my way by the time that I bike through them um it, it's it's totally crazy and, and totally amazing and I can't wait to go do that again um but yeah my, my wattage was definitely fading a bit for the rest of the ride I think it was like 278 for the second quarter 271 for the third quarter so we were still within where I wanted to be the last quarter of the ride I averaged 245 watts so I was really starting to I was really starting to struggle a bit on the bike um, and you, you you don't often see really good runs where the person has struggled in the last quarter of the the bike um, what you, you you always want to see you know a really even power split or if possible to be riding a little bit harder in that last quarter of the, the race so yeah so pacing is something I still need to work on you know 13 years into racing tries um, and then uh, I got off the bike and I think ninth uh, ninth place or so um, I felt really really good uh, kept feeling really good till probably the 14 or 15 mile mark uh, Amy was out there giving me splits our two friends from Stuttgart were also out there kind of telling me where I was at um, and then and then I really had to battle the last 11 miles I'd say uh, that's where I gave up that's where I kind of faded from 9th to eventually 13th uh, still ran a 303 marathon which is kind of acceptable but um, yeah, the, the, go, the, the goal that my coach and I had set was to be somewhere between 254 and 256 uh that was definitely possible from the training i'd been doing so you know i mean with with a with a, a run like that that would have kept me right in that ninth place or so um and uh and yeah you know i mean i would have won a little money not a ton of money certainly not anything like covering the cost of the trip but yeah you always want to pick up prize money where you can um, so yeah, I mean, some things to work on, uh, swim was great. Um, yeah, pretty much the only thing I'd say that I, I really need to focus on is, is really making sure that bike pacing is better. But in terms of upside, I mean, you know, it was an 11 minute PR for my other, for my other iron distance stuff. And, um, and just personally, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm the only person who would know this, but I've never had a good iron distance race outside of Penticton, uh, British Columbia, where Ironman Canada used to be and now Challenge Penticton is. Um, any other iron distance race I've done outside of that town has ended in a DNF or a walk. <laughs> so <laughs> a, a big part of road for me was proving... Like, okay, Chris, you can actually do this distance in a town that's not Penticton. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and I did. And I'm pretty, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty motivated for, for the rest of the season now. Um, it's always nice to have this kind of race where you're like, all right, that mostly went well. I got a lot of the things out of it that I wanted. Let's make it better. 
So what do you have coming up that you're going to focus on? Obviously, Amy is going to be uh, looking ahead to Iron Man uh, and Kona. And uh -huh. what is your key event coming up for the rest of this year, or key events? Uh, I'm going to do... Um the, the big one is I'm going to do Ironman Arizona in the middle of November. Um, it's, it's, it's a really, Arizona is a good fit for me in terms of what the climate's usually like. Uh, I tend to do well in races that are, that are dry and hot. Um, humid and hot is really, is really tough for me. So Arizona can go either way. Some years it's been cool and gray. Some years it's been hot and dry. But it's very, it's almost never hot and humid there. Um, so uh, that's the big sort of end of season goal. I'm also going to do a tune-up race in Mexico at the end of October. Um, I'm going to do uh, Los Cabos 70.3, which will be, yeah, which I think that'll be, that'll be a good one. Um, Maybe not perfect for me in terms of climate, uh, but a good uh, a good a good way to get a tune up race before, ahead of Ironman. Fantastic, Chris Bag. Thanks very much for joining us on Pacific Northwest Cycling and Triathlon. This is kind of the introductory show for what we're looking to become either uh, twice a month or even a weekly show. I'm very excited about this. I am too. This is going to be we're we're going to make it happen, George. We'll finally make it happen. And this is Over the Top Cycling. You can find us on Facebook at Over the Top Cycling, Instagram, Over the Top Cycling, Twitter, we are Over the Top Bike, our website, OverTheTopRadio.net, and be sure to download us from iTunes or the ACAST app. From Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.